Welcome to Walk With Me, a ministry of Cornerstone Church. Hi, my name's Tori and I'll be your host. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me and we'll talk. My goal for this podcast is that we as women would walk together and enjoy sweet community in Christ. Hello, listeners. I'm so glad you're here. In light of our recent racially charged, devastating events that have been happening around our country, today's podcast is dedicated to racial reconciliation. Today on our program, we have Anna Smith. Anna, thanks for coming today. Thank you for having me, Tori. Yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your family, maybe some of your background and why you're here today. Okay, well, thank you. Um, first of all, I am from Colombia, South America. I was born there and I lived there till I was about 10 years old. Hmm. Uh, then my father, who's an agronomist, wanted to come to finish his doctorate degree. So we moved to a whole new country, whole new language. Um, and that was back in the, probably in the early 80s, mid 80s. Wow. Um, and I've lived in Ames ever since. So I have been here for the majority of my life. Okay. Um, and I consider Ames my home and I feel really blessed to live here. Okay. Um, and as a result of living here, I, I know we're talking about uh, racial reconciliation. So I feel like my my place in that is that I am from a different race. I'm Latino. Uh, in about 23 years ago, I married uh, Terrence Smith, who is a pastor here in Ames, and he's an African-American man. And we have two children um, who are multiracial, obviously. Uh-huh. And so my place to speak tonight is just uh, from a place of a mother's heart, a pastor's wife, a member of your community, right. a woman, and um uh, just wanted to share what my experiences have been living in Ames. Well, thanks so much. That is very um, pertinent right now in um, with all the things that have been happening in our nation. So you're married to a black man, and although you are not black yourself, um, how have the recent socially kind of charged national events affected your family's feeling of security, even here in Ames? Okay. Um, to be honest, I think Ames... Uh, it's kind of a bubble. Okay. I feel like uh, you, we, a lot of people come to Ames because it is kind of a utopia. They feel like it's a great place to raise your family. It's an educated town. It's a safe place to be. And I think that that um, maybe has cushioned some of the effects of what's going on uh, nationally on a personal, intimate level. Okay. Um, that's not to say, though, that when we hear this news or when, especially from being from a minority, my heart is not, it's just completely wrenched for the pain and the, the, the way that people are expressing that pain. Mm. Um, so uh, I think that uh, to answer your question, I don't know if we have necessarily felt like our security has been threatened in any way personally or my family, mm-hmm. but we certainly have um, been affected in a deep level. Very good. So you have more experience with this since I'm a white woman living in the middle of Iowa. Um, what's something I don't fully understand about being black or being Hispanic or being biracial like your children? Huh. That's a good question. I, I wrote some notes then. I'm not uh-huh. sure if I can answer that. Um, I think that one of the main things that I think it's important to recognize for all of us, no matter what race we come from, is that um, racial division has been around for forever since the foundation of this of this country. And as a result of that, there's generations of fear and pain and hmm. mistrust. Hmm. And so I think if you come from a minority stance, um, there is a certain guardness that occurs. 
that it may not be personal to somebody because of a personal experience, but it's just something that's generationally been there. Hmm. Kind of taught for, by your family. It's taught by experience. Okay. It's taught by um, unspoken words, I think. There's oh. been division that's always been there. Um, uh, and I think there's differences. I think that we are attracted to things that are familiar. Right. And uh, African-Americans do things a certain way. Latinos uh -huh. do certain things. Uh -huh. We may all eat, let's say, uh, chicken. But uh -huh. the way we prepare a chicken is very different. Huh. Um, and I think those kinds of differences really branch out to a lot of areas in our lives. Okay. And so I think as we talk about that, um, I think that it's important to recognize as somebody may be in a position of a majority, I think it's an, it has to be an intentional choice to embrace those differences in somebody else. Huh. Um, I think it's important that, you, that we see that um, differences are not better than or, or worse than, that my experience is not superior or, or the right way. Okay. Um, and I think that we, but that takes intentionality. It does. Um, you I, you automatically, naturally think that what you, the way you do it is the right way. Right, mm -hmm. exactly. And I think that's the case for all of us. Hmm. But I think that as a minority, I think that we um, desire for, for our way to not necessarily be looked at as the way, uh -huh. but to be validated huh. as being valuable, as uh -huh. being important, and as being real, as my, my way, that this is my experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I think so if people um, would embrace each other with that type of framework mm -hmm. of, of validation, of acceptance, of respect, mm -hmm. it would go a long ways to, to make relationships be more heart-to-heart. -heart. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, when I first married, my husband would think, Oh, you fold towels the wrong way. Mm -hmm. But that there's not a right way and a wrong way to fold towels. It was a preference. Right. And right. in so many other things, it's not my way is right, your way is wrong. My preference is this. Right. It means that your way is valid. Right. It's just not my way. And I think that the thing that complicates things, though, is that... Um, the, the way that is different when it comes to racial is, issues has been, um, has caused division. Huh. You know, it's been institutionalized. Uh -huh. uh, racism has been an institution that has, um, was set in place for uh, not good intentions. Uh -huh. And I think as a result of that, um, it has created an environment where trust is, is hard to cross sometimes between uh -huh. races. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. Very true. So why do you think it seems that for a while there was more peace between especially blacks and whites? And now it seems that that has deteriorated. Hmm. I think that's an interesting um, question. And I thought about this a lot. And uh, I've spoken to different people about this. Not okay. necessarily as a result of this, but just what's going on in our yeah, country. I mean, it's right. so devastating. Right. But I think, that, I think that part of what I believe is that um, racial conflict has been around forever. Mm -hmm. and, um, and You even see it in the Bible. Right, mm -hmm. right, actually. Exactly. And um, inequality has always been present. Um, but I believe that what we're seeing now is that the conflict is being exposed. Hmm. You know, it's it, we have social media that it makes access to information, you know, in real time. Instant. Uh, and, and, that, and there's, there's some pros and cons to that, obviously. But I think that access to information, to the things that are current, is immediate. And so we can't hide from it anymore. Hmm. Or people can't hide it anymore either. I think also um, the voice of minorities, is it's louder because there's just more of us you know i think the statistics show that minorities are going to be a majority in seven years wow. um and so i think that there's power and there's a voice and and i think that there is a platform yep. that these things are being ex exposed so um, just more evident 
not that they haven't been here, but maybe we're noticing them more because of social media, because of the instantness of the news. Right, and I think people's reactions. I think okay. that the way that people are reacting, maybe it's becoming a little bit more um, or a lot more um, charged. Charged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Emotional, too. Yeah. Yeah. So... Your husband's a pastor. Mm -hmm. What church does he pastor? Um, my husband pastors the Body of Christ Church here in Ames. Okay. So what can your church, my church, that church, uh, our, of just the, the Body of Christ, what can we do to reflect the love of Jesus to all people no matter what the color? Hmm. I think that's a, that's a good, good question. And um, I think we can look at it from like the Body of Christ universal and I think we have to look at it that way I think and then I also think we need to look at it from a my my personal place okay. in that body but speaking of of the body of Christ universal I think that um, Cornerstone for instance inviting my husband to come and speak to your to your um, staff was just such a manifested intentional way to cross mm -hmm. those bridges it's so so helpful and, and I think it's important that we do that I think sometimes um we, we are easily divided by different doctrine on things mm -hmm. um, and I think that it's time to maybe put some of those things aside mm -hmm. and unite on the things that are really really important and that's the love of Christ to his mm -hmm. people and I think that once we do that we can begin to bridge those um, those gaps of misunderstanding of lack of knowledge so of each other. how practically do we do that how do we see each other as real people what could we do as a church to say we want to get to know you. We want to know you as people and not just a different race. Okay, so I think I think if we look at racism, mm -hmm. I think that racism um, is rooted or it extends uh, oppression, mm -hmm. greed. Uh -huh. um, it extends um, just just a lot of negative things. And I think those all those things are opposite to Christ is. Uh -huh. And so recognizing that um, we have the opportunity as the body of Christ to present a completely different way of dealing with this. Um, but it has to start with, with us personally. So give me an so, example. So I think for, for one of the things is, um, I'm thinking of like, what does it mean to be saved and what has happened in our salvation is mm -hmm. that we have a transformed heart. Right. Right. And I think that transformed heart, it's really what's going to change. It's the only thing that can change racism. Mm -hmm. and division and discrimination because we have laws, we have political agendas or politics that go into play, we have social um, moves, but those things don't change people's hearts. Mm -mm. I think Christ is the only one that can. I think that's the core. That's what's going to reconcile us a changed heart. So the gospel is so, the answer. I, I believe so, and I mm -hmm. think what a great opportunity for us as a church to, to step forth and have these type of dialogues. Mm -hmm. So in a more um, micromanage, micro way, what does that look like? It looks like to me, it looks like this. You have a transformed heart, mm -hmm. and that transformed heart means that you are now not functioning from the old, old you. Okay. And so that means that if we're coming, if we're going to do this about racial, my interaction with people that are different than me, that means that I'm going to be able to um, be intentional about pursuing relationships, heart-to-heart -heart relationships with people that are not like me. Hmm. As a mother, that means that I'm going to um, make sure that my children's playmates... Uh-huh don't look just like me. 
That's excellent. You know, I think uh-huh. that that means, and that means intentionally seeking that out. Mm. The church that I go to mm-hmm. should have a variety of people. And if they don't, then I need to intentionally be Invite looking for people them. that come. Right. Mm-hmm. My dinner tables, what do they look like when I have people over for dinner? Mm-hmm. You know, my business where I work. Who am I hiring if I'm a business owner? Am I hiring the receptionists and the cleaning people mm-hmm. to be the people of color? Or are they putting them in position of authority and power? Mm-hmm. You know, those things really speak to our heart. They do. And they're practical, everyday things that manifest, that transform heart. Um, so, so I think that those are ways that we, but I don't think that happens naturally because, as I said before, we are drawn to familiar. We are. We like know? what we're used to. Right. And so this is going to take an intentional uh, shift of our paradigm to mm-hmm. go after that. I also think that we need to recognize that there's going to be conflict involved, hmm. you know, but conflict is not necessarily a bad thing. I think that there's things that need to be spoken, things that are need to be said. Um, for instance, my my child has incredibly curly, beautiful, long hair, and I just loved his hair. And so I didn't cut his hair till he was like five or six years old. Mm-hmm. So he walked around with hair down to his shoulders, <laughs> and people were fascinated with his hair. And people touched his hair all the time. They didn't ask. Uh. You know, they just came and grabbed, and they pulled, and they were very fascinated. And I remember having very different thoughts about that. Like, sometimes I would find myself being really offended uh-huh. that he was like a pet, uh-huh. you know? Right. Sometimes I would find people also, but other times I felt like um, it was a good opportunity for people to learn because I, you know, I was, um, yeah, What? why is his hair like that? Well, because curly oh. hair, this, and we have to do this to curly hair, you know, right. and we can't do it like you do your hair. Right. Um, so it was a real educational platform maybe if Uh you will so but I think I even changed in my perspective on how I felt about that from Hmm. day to day and so I think maybe just having that understanding that just because I have experienced this I Mm -hmm. may not have it all together I may not know how to react all the time but if I have a friend who I know whose heart is after my own heart Mm -hmm. I may be able to express those things to her and and that we can walk even if she has like straight hair or Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. um, walk together in this journey right yeah, so you're saying we need to build an established trust with these people yeah, and let yeah. them know we love them. Right. Then we can ha- we can kind of talk about our differences. Right, right. I think that's important. I yeah. think that it takes um, us being willing to work, work through and to battle through some things that are different. It takes intentionality to be able to maybe say, you know, you've seen this person at the, the bus stop. Uh-huh. Every time you go to, you know, you go to the grocery store, maybe stop and give them a ride, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. I mean, or, or at school, you know, I, um, there's just a lot of different opportunities that I right. think that we don't have to go do anything very different from our mm-hmm. everyday lives to, yeah. to open up our hearts, to look for the opportunity that Christ can put in, in right. front of us right. to reach out to somebody that looks different or maybe have a different That's, um, lifestyle. Those experience. are great ideas. Yeah. I know my daughters um, are good friends with some Saudi Arabian girls, mm-hmm. and they have asked them to come over and fix them Saudi food. Mm-hmm. So that's a really good way to say, I really value exactly your lifestyle. Yeah. Will you come and show me how to do that? Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great idea. And I think one more thing that I, I think is important, and I, I don't want to, I think for all of us, I think we need to acknowledge um, that we all have room to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that nobody wants to acknowledge that they have racist thoughts mm-hmm. or that they have 
that they function from a uh, from that place. And I think or maybe most, we're not even aware I, exactly, of it fully. Exactly. I think a lot of us are not aware uh-huh. of that. I mean, I'm Latino, and I didn't know anything about the African American culture. And so when I met my husband, it was a brand new territory, and I learned so much. But as I look back. I remember I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of assumptions. I did a lot of things trying to fit in and trying to, um, to understand that um, hindsight were not appropriate. Yeah, yeah, they were not appropriate. I was coming from a place of even almost being racist in the sense, huh. you know, but without not... recognizing it and not wanting to, to, okay. to know, not just out of ignorance. Maybe, out of ignorance. Right? That's a good uh-huh. way to put And it. so I think that one of the things that for me, and I've heard a lot of my, my close friends say this, um, a very common response from people when we talk about race is, well, I'm not racist. My friend is, I had a friend in high school that is black or, exactly. uh, and I think that that, or another really common response is, well, I, yeah, I don't see color. You know, when I, when I look at you, I don't see color. And I think that I don't, I, I think the intention is right, but the, the context of that is very wrong. Those oh. things are not helpful because I am, I have color. Exactly. And, and my husband has color and my children have color. And so what's the right way? What? I think building relationship okay. with me, you know, okay. just with me mm-hmm. as who as a I person. am, as a person, mm-hmm. right. And then going into the things that make me me, which is, mm. you know, my experiences. Mm-hmm. But, but, um. Yeah, so those things I think are important to recognize that I think we all do things that um, we don't mean them to be divisive or mm-hmm. offensive, but they could be divisive mm-hmm. because this, in a, in a way, is denying mm-hmm. my, who who I am. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Um, so, uh, and those are just two simple examples of things that mm-hmm. unintentionally people may say, but I know that they're common things that we hear or people we of, do. of color hear we that, do. that most of the time they don't say anything, uh-huh. you know, but inside there's conflict internally that that is causing inside uh-huh. of them. Right. Yeah. yeah, your husband, when he attended our staff meeting, said a few things that I'd never thought of. He said, uh, even as a black man in Ames, I don't go to a convenience store after nine at night. I just, not a good idea. Right. I didn't even think about that sort of thing, that he would have to process that, even that simple decision to go to a convenience store. Yeah, night. and I think it, it just, ha- I think that as a mom, I've told my kids, you know, my son especially, just don't do certain things. Don't hmm. walk too close to cars. When you're walking down the street at night. Right. Don't wear a hoodie. Oh, wow. You know, like if you have a hoodie, just don't put your hood on, you know? Yeah. Um, Things that me, my son's a, a big white boy. Mm-hmm. I don't say that to him. Right. Those probably things that you have mm-hmm. never had to consider. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're uh, things that unfortunately um, I've learned. I've, I've been taught those things uh, to be careful of those things because of what has happened as uh-huh. a result of not being careful, right. you know, and also in Christ, being able to to recognize that that's not where we find our safety or uh-huh. our comfort, in, uh-huh. you know. Um, so speaking of that, what has God taught you about Himself through recent events, through having to think about color, living in even Ames, Iowa? Um, you know, what has God you taught you, if anything, about Himself during these uncertain times? Um, I think one of the things that has been the the most, um, the way that it's affected me is mm-hmm. I think that, as, as I talked about, Ames is kind of um, sheltered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so it would be easy to just be kind of emotionally devastated for a day or two about this and, and feel bad and, and maybe pray yes. you know, for a day or right. two. And then life just takes over and, then you, and you go on till mm-hmm. the next episode. Mm-hmm. And I think that God is just um, really speaking to all of us. He's putting an urgency in our heart hmm. that um, it's 
not he that he doesn't want us to be quiet bystanders or even hiding behind well i'm going to pray about that hmm. and let that be the place where we find peace i think that there's actions that need to be taken i think that we don't have to step out of our normal everyday life to find those places as we spoke before you know look at our what influences do you have around your world uh -huh. you're doing this podcast uh -huh. you didn't have to go out and do a whole lot of different thing from what you were already doing but you saw an opportunity uh -huh. and you took it and, and I think those type of actions are the ones that make a difference and I think God is that's what God desires is for all of us to 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 be more actively involved mm -hmm. in in reconciling Reconcile. you know? he wants to be yeah. reconciled he himself yeah. came in the most remarkable act of reconciliation died for us and reconciled us to, back to God and to himself and we and he desires for us to do that with one he another. desires for us to yeah. emulate that yeah yeah um so is there anything else that we should know so that we can um, not be offensive, but be children of light, as it says in Ephesians, live as children of light? I think just being humble. I think what I think is just really having a heart of humility towards Christ, towards our brothers and sisters. I, I love the prayer that before we started, you prayed that, Lord, you know, just to help us not be offensive. And even if we are in offense, to not allow that to become a place of division. Um, I think that's so important because I think there's been so much offense in this area. There's so much woundedness. There's so much hurt. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, it's a natural response when we get hurt to want to coil away mm -hmm. and kind of lick our wounds and not have to deal with that again. Um, but I think in reconciling, there's going to be some things that are going to be um, brought out of us, of our of, of who, how we do things, um, that maybe always not and maybe not always done in the right way. Um, but I think we need to learn how to walk through that conflict in love and how to forgive one another mm -hmm. um, and to just look at the bigger, longer end result of what we're looking at. And that's that we need to be reconciled, that we need to stand together. And we, this is an opportunity for us as the body of Christ mm -hmm. to really show the world what true reconciliation looks like in the race in, in, with, with our brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. what true forgiveness looks like. Mm -hmm. um, but that's hard. It, it is requires hard. work. It requires dying to ourselves. It requires learning new things. Everything. It requires us to be different than the world. Which is exactly what the gospel is about. Uh -huh. But we are very comfortable uh -huh. um, in our world. And, and I think it, it, God is asking us to step out in faith and to put some things on the line. You know, um, I think it's interesting how... Um, even in names, our, our neighborhoods can be pretty segregated. Or, they you are. Know, yeah. um, you, you know who lives in that side of town exactly. and who there is, who's exactly. there. And um, sometimes um, when people of color that maybe have the financial abilities to live somewhere move to those neighborhoods, um, it's, it's interesting the reactions that they get. Um, and so I think as, as that's a natural world mm -hmm. um, reaction. And I think mm -hmm. we need to be very intentional about not being a part of that and confronting those things mm -hmm. with our brothers and sisters and sure. love, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. we said, we like what we're used to mm -hmm. and it's hard to change how yeah. we naturally act. So, and the other thing I think is also important to just as Ephesians 6 talks about that we're not warring against our enemies, not flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's so easy to take it personal. I mm -hmm. think that it's so easy to just make it be about that person or that race or that group. And we're not warring against flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. This is an enemy that has a plan um, to divide and to kill and to destroy, right. and so, but we have the authority. We have the we, do. we have the power. We have the grace to mm -hmm. to. Um, we have the tools. Things. Absolutely, we have the tools. Absolutely. Yeah, Satan has been uh, lobbing a lot of fiery arrows mm -hmm. our way, especially at our country, and uh, people have been taking them. Even Christians have been forgetting to put on the armor of Christ. That's right. That's right. And so we need to remember that intentionality of oh no no 
I'm not like that anymore. I am now clothed with a robe of righteousness, and I have the ability to respond rightly. So I'm going to do that, and I'm going to show. Rather than show what naturally would come out of me, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to show the sweetness of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And and being able to to walk in that by faith and love. Love covers a multitude of sins, Mm -hmm. and it covers um, what we are weak in. You know, right. and so we don't like just even being here today. I don't feel like that I'm an expert in this, but an opportunity was given, and I hope that this blesses somebody to be able to take a step forward and say, "I don't have to um, function that way anymore." Or, Lord, even just even a simple prayer of, "Lord, search my heart and show me the things that are in me." Right. You know that you that would want to change. You. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Give me your heart, Lord, mm-hmm. because I think we all want to. We all want to say, "Well, that's not me," you know, mm-hmm. but it is me. Yeah, I have places all to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, why don't you um, pray for us today and ask God to grant us the church, uh, even women in the church, uh, women outside of the church, the ability to be reconcilers and to put on the armor of God and to be able to think and act rightly and extend the sweetness of Jesus to everyone else. Yes. Well, thank you, Father, for um, this precious, precious time. Lord, it's a it's an urgent call in our hearts, Father, to follow after you. In, in every area of our lives, Father, and as our country, as our nation, as our cities, even as our families face turmoil due to the to the plan and the attack of the enemy and on each other, Father, I pray that we as women would rise up, Father God, with grace, with a quiet spirit, Father, to really um, emulate your love towards one another. Father, I pray that we would have the 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 boldness, the courage to stand and make a difference. Father, I pray that you would search our hearts, that we would ask genuinely for you to show us our hearts to ourselves. And if there's anything in us that would not please you, Lord, that you would uproot that, that you would show us a better, more perfect way. And we pray, Father God, that as moms, we would be able to model that to our children, to our families, to our schools, to our churches. Lord, we have you have not left us ill-equipped, but you have given us every provision necessary to be able to defeat the enemy. And as as we stand together in an army of women, Lord, I pray that we would be empowered by your grace, that we would be um, stand uh, not as ordinary women, but a woman of power and woman of authority, loving each other and forgiving each other, and that the world would take notice of, of how different we are. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. I pray for every listener, God, that you would meet them right where they are and that you would show them your perfect grace. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for visiting us today and for your wise words. Thank you for having me. Thanks for walking along with us today. I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?